Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening where we are set to explore another special topic that is based and tailored to your very specific question, a question that I have been pondering, if I'm going to be honest with you, for quite some time now, and, and we'll talk about that here in a bit. But before I do, I did want to continue to warmly welcome all of you who are listening locally for sure, but also abroad by way of podcast, those who are listening in the countries of Canada, uh, India, I see, China, Turkey, Croatia, Portugal, France, Spain. I've especially noted an increase of uh, listenership in the country of England. So uh, I welcome all of you. Now, I received a question about three months ago, which has since had my attention. And by that, I mean... It has been a question I've been pondering for the past three months. It is to say, while some questions have their soundbite answers for sure, that can be offered up in the immediate now, there are other questions that for me cause me to pause, cause me to ponder. And the question is this, can music itself evangelize? Can music itself evangelize? What a great question. I mean, you have heard me say before, the real gift of this program is the many times I find myself pondering over new insights gained from things I have never read, or in this case, questions I've never been asked that has me reading about a topic I need to be more versed in. What a great question. Can music evangelize? I believe it was Mark Twain who once said that poetry is nothing more than introducing one word with another, putting two words side by side for the first time. I love that. I mentioned Mark Twain there because I suppose this is what struck me three months ago. It is not that I have failed to think about music and, and how it affects the soul, or for that matter, the many splendored thing that is evangelization. I mean, shoot, if there was any one topic we have talked about, if it's not the first beatitude, it's probably evangelization. But, but, the two words explicitly together phrased in the form of a question. That was new to me for some reason. Can music itself evangelize? I love it. My pondering, my friends, has been one uh, of one in prayer, but also of certain texts, in particular over Benedict Sixteenth, spirit of the, of the liturgy. Uh, that was an important text, but before we speak to the importance of that text, I did want to first offer up a, a point of reflection that was initially offered up by one Rita Ferone. And she says this, that certainly any number of people can hear music of Christian inspiration and remain unmoved and remain unevangelized. The claim isn't that all music evangelizes or that all people experience the good news in the language of music. No, the question is, when someone does find his or her spirit stirred and faith enlivened by music, do we regard 
music as merely a garment that clothes the good news? Or is the music an actual ingredient in the message, expressing something about its nature that goes beyond words? Uh, to me, that's the deeper question. When I was marinating over this question, I sought to go deeper into the question, right? And I think the deeper question underneath the question, can music itself evangelize, is does music have a quality that properly is understood within the context of evangelization? Does music possess a quality that is explicitly evangelical? So here, without further ado, we should jump into what we mean by evangelization to then get into what we mean by music evangelizing. Uh, John Paul II defined evangelization as the ardent proclamation of the saving message of Jesus Christ. And who, who do we see on the forefront? Who is the first evangelist? Who is the great evangelist but St. John the Baptist? With great ardor, with great fervor, with great fire does he proclaim in a resounding voice, repent and believe the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ is at hand. The gospel of the kingdom of God is at hand. So what is the saving message of Jesus Christ? What does it mean to quote-unquote be saved? This is what lies at the heart of that word evangelization. Because we can define evangelization and gospel as the good news. But as Benedict highlights, it's more than just some generic understanding of what is good. Or even for that matter, some generic understanding of what transforms. No, the saving message of Jesus Christ that is filled with the grace and love of Jesus Christ actually saves because it is the highest good. If you are a faithful listener, you know what the word salvation means. Another overarching theme to many of our discussions, the word salvation comes from the Latin salvatio, salvatio to heal. Its root is save, save, a, a healing balm. Brothers and sisters in Christ, God's salvific love heals our open wound the wound that was opened in the Garden of Eden. On the cross, our Lord restores us to the origins of our purity, and by doing so, restores us to proper health. Salvation, if we're going to translate it explicitly, is about a restoration to proper health. It's about a restoration of being in good relationship with God, a healthy relationship with God. This is why St. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 and following that we did not receive the spirit of slavery in which we fall back into fear, but no, the spirit of adoption in which we cry, Abba, Father. The glory of divine sonship is the glory of being in a restored, healthy relationship with God. How many of us can go about effectively in our day if we are dealing with an infected wound. No, we, we have to go to the hospital. We have to have it taken care of. This is what Jesus did. And so as Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 reminds us, we continue this transformation process each and every day as we, quote unquote, work out our salvation in fear and trembling. 
We work out our salvation in fear and trembling by crying, Abba, Father. Okay? Now, that's all about evangelization, the art and proclamation of the saving message of Jesus Christ. That is love that actually saves. By the way, my friends, what does the word vulnerability mean? What does the word vulnerability mean? It comes from a Latin word that translates healing. If, if we want to be healed by the saving love that was poured out on the cross 2,000 years ago, we need to make ourselves vulnerable like Jesus Christ himself was made vulnerable on the cross. Now, what other elements should we consider when we put these two words side by side, music and evangelization? Well, pull out your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. I was kind of sitting with this one for a while. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. We read there, Faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. The message is heard through preaching. The message is heard through the proclamation of the saving love of Jesus Christ. So listening is quintessential to evangelization. Certainly, this passage highlights that truth. But when the word of God has been intoned with audible hymns, there is a particular power to it. When the word of God has been put to song, there is a salvific power to it. So when the audible sound is caught up in the word of God, it reaches, I think, as many would attest, Deeper into the heart, there are many people who associate their Christian awakening with particular musical experiences. And brothers and sisters, many more who associate their newfound and renewed faith with what? But musical expressions put to him, put to songs of praise, perhaps put to chant, and, and that classic church choral music and polyphony. Certainly, no one would, would equate the gospel with music in, in its most simplistic way. But there's no question that music often seems to play a role in, in movements of renewal. That is to say, the inward response to the Christian message quickens, at least for some, when that message finds musical expression. I mean, my friends, it is no secret that music affects the soul in ways that may not always be named, in ways that don't have to be named. Because ultimately, for some, if not many, music has affected the soul to the point where it has actually changed their heart, which I think begins to get at the answer. The answer to the question, can music itself evangelize? I say emphatically, yes. Yes. Speaking out from my own, my own experience, yes. Whether it be secular Christian music that is autonomous from liturgical music per se, um, or liturgical music, I have been deeply moved. It, it just has changed me. I have often shared with my closest brothers and sisters in Christ that uh, festivals of praise are a great joy for me. 
because it is there where I find myself closest to Christ. And I'll tell you something, out from those do I feel moved, prompted, inspired to be at the feet of Christ, serving Him, only, of course, by the grace of God. Now, the question is, my friends, have we answered the deeper question? Because really, up to this point, I think we are still just talking about the stuff that clothes the message itself. I think to some degree we're starting to to cross that bridge, but what more could be said? Well, I just spoke of sacred music, huh? What could be said about sacramental liturgical music? That clearly has a particular role in the larger uh, evangelization motif, which brings us to the spirit of the liturgy and something I wanted to talk about. Benedict XVI in chapter 2, a chapter titled Music and Liturgy, notes the, the importance of music in biblical religion is shown very simply by the fact that the very verb to sing, with related words such as song and, and so forth, is one of the most commonly used words in all of the Bible, <laughs> right? It occurs 309 times in the Old Testament alone and 36 in the New. 345 times do you see some kind of derivative to the word song, to sing, hymn, praise? 345 times. Benedict XVI says, When man comes into contact with God, mere speech is not enough. What do we read in Psalm chapter 57, verse 8? Awake, my soul. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Interestingly enough, and I think this is where we get into the heart of music and liturgy, as Benedict XVI writes and teaches, we find the first mentioning of singing in the Bible when? But after the crossing of the Red Sea. Why? Because Israel has now been definitively delivered from slavery. They have been what? Saved. Saved. In a desperate situation, the Israelites experienced an overwhelming act of God's saving love. So they sing. Benedict continues, Liturgical singing is established in the midst of the great historical tension between God and His chosen people and ultimately with Christ. For Israel, the event of salvation in the Red Sea will always be the main reason for praising God, the basic theme of the songs it sings before God. Brothers and sisters, all of the Old Testament in many ways, is caught up in liturgy. I recall one Carol Stillmeyer uh, once said <laughs> that, that the Bible is nothing more than liturgical documents. Once we come to understand that the Bible itself is caught up in this constant hymn, in this constant praise, in this constant liturgy, I think we can begin to once again get at that question. Does music evangelize? I wonder if we can't rephrase that question. To does the liturgy evangelize? Of course it does, because the liturgy is the sacrament of transformation. Maybe we can say that, in fact, once you combine liturgy with music, music is evangelizing. 
but we're still working this out, right? It's really fascinating to ponder this question. And there's a reason why this question has just kind of sat with me. And the reason why we're talking about it this evening is because it has come up enough now to where I just thought it was time to reflect with this question on air. And so we reflect into the question. And, and as we do, we continue to do so with Benedict XVI. Listen to what he has to say as it relates to the Psalms. I just thought, again, this was so important. It is important to say that the Psalms frequently come from very personal experiences of suffering and answered prayer, and yet they always flow into the common prayer of Israel. They are nourished out of the common store of God's saving deeds in the past. With regard to the singing of the church, we notice the same pattern of continuity and renewal that we have seen in the nature of the liturgy in general, in church architecture, and in sacred images. Quite spontaneously, the Psalter, and again, my friends, the Psalter is the book of Psalms, right? The, the 150 chapters that make up the book of Psalms. The Psalter becomes the prayer book of the infant church, which, with equal spontaneity, has become a church that sings her prayers. The church, my friends, is at her best when she is doing liturgy, singing liturgy. Huh? Singing liturgy. Listen closely to what he has to say here. I think this next paragraph just kind of responds to the question. For Christians, it is clear that Christ is the true David. That David in the Holy Spirit prays through and with the one who is to be his son and who was the only begotten son of God. With this new key, Christians entered into the prayer of Israel and came to realize that precisely through them, that prayer was to become the new song. The Holy Spirit who had inspired David to sing and to pray moves him to speak of Christ, indeed causes him to become the very mouth of Christ thus enabling us in the Psalms to speak through Christ in the Holy Spirit to the Father. Yes, singing, the surpassing of ordinary speech, is a pneumatic event, right? The, the Greek word for spirit is pneuma, pneuma, right? So when you hear the phrase pneumatology or pneumatic, it's just referencing the Holy Spirit of this or, or the study of the Holy Spirit. So Benedict says, Singing, the surpassing of ordinary speech, is a pneumatic event. Church music comes into being as a charism, a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is the true new tongue that comes from the Holy Spirit. And one last piece here from Benedict. <laughs> I just love this. The alliance of love and song came into the Old Testament in a rather curious way, namely through the acceptance of the Song of Songs. This was a collection of thoroughly human love songs. And if you haven't read them, you'll know what Benedict means when he says thoroughly human love songs. But almost certainly, its acceptance involved a far deeper interpretation. These very beautiful love poems of Israel could be seen as the inspired words of sacred scripture because of the conviction that in this serenading of human love, the mystery of the love of God in Israel shines through. Brothers and sisters, <laughs> we evangelize because in doing so, we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ 
that those who we are preaching to, evangelizing, are transformed by the saving love of Jesus Christ. What better way to put those words to a serenading hymn? This is what the church does in her liturgy. So music is about the song between God and man, and consequently, my friends, it is about liturgy, which is the great hymn offering of praise. You know, my friends, something else here as I'm thinking about this, evangelization is about encounter. What brings about this great encounter? I've already said how music awakens, encourages. What? But the encounter. Evangelization is about the encounter. There can be no good evangelization or evangelization, period, if there is no encounter. Music encourages the encounter. So there again, I think we can begin to respond to the deeper question with a yes, as music encourages the encounter. Does music evangelize? Sure it does, even on the deepest level as it relates to the Mass, the liturgy. Now, Pope Francis, in his apostolic exhortation, Joy of the Gospel, touches upon the importance of art and evangelization, and I want to apply it to music. Uh, I mentioned Rita Frone earlier. She, she touches upon this same paragraph. So this is paragraph 167 from Joy of the Gospel. Each particular church should encourage the use of the arts in evangelization, building on the treasures of the past, but also drawing upon the wide variety of contemporary expressions so as to transmit the faith in a new language of parables. We must be bold enough to discover new signs and new symbols, new flesh to embody and communicate the word and different forms of beauty which are valued in different cultural settings, including those of unconventional modes of beauty, which may mean little to the evangelizers, yet prove particularly attractive to others. Now, here among other things, and this is something that Rita Ferone highlights, and I want to add to what she says, we ought to consider Pope Francis's phrase, new language of parables, because there is an easy way to, I think, cheapen this insight about evangelization, as if the art should be used as, as a tool of salesmanship. You've heard me say that the homily could be seen or even ought to be seen like that of a Super Bowl commercial. Well, I'm not saying that it should be a Super Bowl commercial, but what we ought to see is that there is a moment when the priest has the people's attention and he needs to utilize that moment with parables, with captivating imagery that might grab our attention. Not in some secular way, but in a deeper spiritual way. Now, there's a strong way to think about how this works, right? If we consider the activity of the Holy Spirit as something which is already abroad in creation, and if we have confidence in the gospel as something which deeply resonates with what is most human in us, music does do something in evangelization. And here we emphasize the word do. That can't be reduced to being merely an envelope for something else, okay? This paragraph, I think, touches upon just a wider reflection once you apply it to music. If music is the art that we're considering here, I mean, take these words from Pope Francis and apply them to music. 
We must be bold enough to discover new signs and new symbols. Never betraying the past, always being in continuity with the past, but in continuity with the past, thinking of ways in which, and this might be something as simple as writing new sacred music to evangelize the soul, to evangelize the heart, to discover new signs, new symbols, new flesh to embody and communicate the word and different forms of beauty which are valued in different cultural settings. I mean, yeah, apply this to music and think about this. You know when you hear a song that might have originated in Italy or Spain or Germany, right? Because out from each and every culture springs forth their own song, okay? Transform that into a spiritual message and you're on to something. Okay, there's two last things before I wrap up I want to speak to. What about succular music? Well, we have to realize that even in a song maybe by Billy Joel or Bruce Springsteen, we are all wired for God. So while maybe not even succular Christian music, that is Christian music that is not liturgical, but just succular music in general, that music can draw people to God. And by that I mean each and every one of us is wired for God, created in the image and likeness of God. We are wired for God. That includes most especially our desires. We all desire God. And sometimes what you find in, in secular music are words and or phrases or, or whole hymns that unknowingly reference God. And brothers and sisters in Christ, let me tell you something. <laughs> God meets us how he makes us. And he walks with us exactly as he is. And sometimes he will take a song that we would have never thought about as being something he can use and use it. Drawn you into his deeper mystery. Think about that. Some of my favorite songs are secular songs that I often transpose to the faith. For example, if, if there's a song about a woman and it's general enough to speak about any woman, I'll apply it to Mary. So there's many different ways you can do that. And sometimes I think the Holy Spirit inspires that. Last but not least, before we go, what about Satan in all of this? I can hear some of you getting restless, but Joe, there's a lot of secular music that's very bad. Yes, I agree. We should remember that Satan was the head of the choir of angels. If, if he is going to manipulate, if he is going to plagiarize, if he is going to parody anything that belongs to God, what do you think that's going to be? But music. So yeah, we have to be attentive to what we are listening to, and ultimately why we are listening to it. Because in the end, yes, I respond to that question. Can music itself evangelize? But be rest assured, not only does God use it to evangelize his saving love, I dare say Satan uses music to bring down souls. So ponder, discern, what you are listening to. Listen to what you are listening to. I mean, actually listen to the words and see what's there. Amen? Amen. Thank you for that question, and thank you for the gift of your time. Let us close with a word of prayer. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you.
Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.